Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Welcome to the good news. Angie had an appointment that she couldn't get out of today, so she left me in charge to uh, seek some therapy of my own. (laughs) Of course, we have our lovely uh, therapist Lisa here with us today. Hi, therapist Lisa. Happy Tuesday. And also Pastor John Byrne joining us again. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good to see you, Moose. Well, it's uh, great to be here. Glad having you guys on. So, uh, you know, gotta just got to ask, because it's been a running thing for the past couple of weeks, how's the, the the new boyfriend for your daughter? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not for you. For yeah, not for you. Um, well, it's good. I haven't had to do any long, lawn work, you know, not, had, didn't have to dig any holes or anything oh, like okay. that. It is interesting though, because I think I, I think when we talked about that last, I said she'd asked me to clean my guns. Right. That was early in the week. Mm-hmm. By the time Thursday came around, she was like, "Dad, you cannot do that. He'll run away. <laughs> he'll he, he'll just get in his car and leave, and I'll never see him again." And <laughs> <laughs> so I so I didn't I didn't get to have fun with that because uh, you know I wanted to have a good relationship with my daughter. So right. <laughs> That's good. And he didn't call me for therapy, so even better. Yeah, right? exactly right. Yeah, so no traumatic things, um, you know. But it's 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 good. They're they're too busy to be spend too much time together, which I kind of like. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> cool. Well, you know, one of the things I love doing, and how when I sit in the driver's seat, I like starting good news off with something funny. And one of the guys that I've been following a lot lately is Michael Jr. Are you familiar with him? I am not. No? no. Michael Jr., he's an African-American uh, stand-up comedian, and he uh, goes around and does churches. He also does motivational speaking. And he has some good stuff, so I kind of, you know, binged a little bit on some YouTube videos of Michael Jr. <laughs> and, um, you know, one of the things that in my personal life, I struggle with praying. And, you know, sometimes it's like you just get on a good roll and you're awesome at it. And other times there's an uphill battle. And, you know, there's that uh, famous prayer that everybody loves to watch over and over again from Talladega Nights. Dear, small, baby, innocent Jesus. And that, and so it's like that's what people think prayer is sometimes. Mm-hmm. But uh, Michael Jr. kind of has a different take on it. So let's take a listen. I remember going to church as an adult, right, for the first time when I started going to church. And I would walk in and the pastor was like, he said, I want you to pray with your neighbor. And I'm like, well, my neighbor don't go to this church. I don't know if you want, to... you want me to call my neighbor on the phone? That's creepy. I ain't going to do that. Right? Then they explained to me, right? Your neighbor is a person sitting next to you. Listen, I'm brand new at this Christian stuff. I don't, not, I didn't even know you're supposed to pray out loud, let alone with this lady. I don't even know this lady. What am I supposed to pray about? Lord, help these bumps go down on this lady's face. I don't know. Gonna... I don't know what I'm supposed to pray about, right? She went first. She was praying all good, and she must have been John the Baptist's little sister or something. (laughs) She was like, dear Heavenly Father, you said in your word in the sixth chapter, the third, third verse of the book of Matthew, the 601st word on page 1248. Lord, you said, but seek. S is in search. E is in everywhere. E is in excellent. K is in kingdom. 
You know, the Alpha Nisi, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. I'm thinking, man, she even know his nicknames. You know, there's different levels to like, how strong people are in their prayer faith and how they go about doing it. And um, I'll take a listen to the second half of his first take on first uh, public prayer impressions, I guess. Now, it's my turn to pray, right? But I don't got the spiritual vocabulary to just, but I'm not going to let her out pray me. So I'm like, okay, God, first of all, you are good people. You know, you are good, Lord. You are good. You are good to the last drop, Lord. Because, um, Lord, I, I just got to obey my thirst, Lord. You know, because choosy moms choose Jesus. So, Lord, because, you know, as the, rec as the rocket's red glare, Lord, it gave proof to the night, Lord. I believe I can fly, amen. So, you know, that's how sometimes I feel at Church of Praying. It's like, you know, I don't know really how to do it sometimes, but then you get on a good roll and you sometimes turn into that first lady. But uh, Pastor John, what's your take on that? That was hilarious. That's funny, right? <laughs> so now go out and check out some of Michael Jr.'s stuff on YouTube. It's pretty I, good. I will definitely be doing that. You know, it, it, it is funny that people think of prayer so differently. Like it's mm. this awkward thing, but it's really just talking to God. I mean, that's really what it comes down to mm. in its simplest form. And it, you don't need to have a special vocabulary, although I think as Christians, we kind of set up people yeah. for that, you know, you know, holiest father in heaven, you know, that kind of language. And, and we make it so, so much harder than it really is. Right. But, and so when, you know, when I was at a leadership school down in Atlanta, just trying to figure out how prayer is now that I'm a, an adult, because, you know, as your life progresses, it kind of feels and works differently for you. And I thought, okay, what can I do to be more focused on prayer? Because I'm dyslexic and ADD. So you're praying, you're like, dear heavenly, oh, shiny. Oh, what am I doing on Thursday? Last week, Thursday, what did I, what did I have for lunch? And then you realize, oh, somebody said amen. It's time to leave. Okay. But, you know, trying to focus. So what I do when I need to focus on that is I sit down and I write because I have wow. something to focus on more than just something shiny or, hey, what is she wearing? And what's going on here? And oh, don't don't forget to text your mom back. <laughs> and so, but sometimes it just it takes that focus for me. Mm -hmm. And um, because I truly lack focus in a lot of things. And it's one of the things that uh, my wife and I have been talking about of, um, you know, being more prayer focused because we're getting more stressed out as parents because both children are no longer babies and becoming just, you know, stress causers in the household. But, uh, you know, it's just crazy to think how um, how better we feel when we stop and we just focus on not the issue, but on just prayer of helping that the issue gets resolved. Is that one of the things that uh, you go about in your um, counseling of your people of your church? Yeah, I think, you know, when, when it comes to prayer, there's a lot of different things. And, you know, the scripture tells us pray without ceasing. And people, I think, kind of get these perceptions of what prayer is. And it's this time where you sit and, or kneel for an hour straight. And, you know, your knees have to be bleeding by the time you're done. And, you know, you, you got to have a sore throat because you've been crying out to mm -hmm. God so much. Right. And, you know, they have this picture. But I think the, the idea of praying without ceasing is, is an attitude that's asked of us. And, you know, like you said, Moose, people getting distracted. I'll tell people, look, just pray wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just pray. And it can be a sentence. It can be long. You should have times of prayer, but they don't have to be these long extended times. Right. And just, you know, th there's an attitude of prayer. Whatever you're facing at the moment, pray for that. You want to pray for a person? Pray right now, right there. And 
even you, Moose, you know, can <laughs> focus for 30 seconds right. and say a prayer. Well, in the church I grew up in was right next door to a firehouse. And so in the middle of like pretty much every service, you'd hear the fire engine leave. <laughs> and in high school, I, th I kind of thought more about, you know, they're going to an emergency. Somebody had to call 911 and needs their help. Mm -hmm. So in the service, whenever I would hear that, I would stop on whatever I was doing and I'd pray for the safety of the emergency personnel mm -hmm. and pray for wherever they're going. And so now wherever I'm at, whenever I hear it, because I hear it all the time here, I stop whatever I'm doing and I pray, you know, God protect those people and, you know, protect wherever they're going. And um, that kind of spawned into uh, something else when I'm driving and, you know, my daughter's now starting to be at the point where she can ask about the man standing on the side of the road with a sign. What's that? What is he doing? And so as opposed to, you know, rolling down the window and letting this stranger that I don't know converse with my daughter, have, <laughs> have her hand him a water bottle or whatever, we stop and we pray for the man on the, on the corner because that's like one of the best things we could do, you know, pray for protection, pray for provision. And, um, you know, because there's a big homeless uh, epidemic going throughout the country in different places and there's different ideas on how to help the homeless help to feed the hungry and there's this one guy who had a great idea and I when I read this story I thought I think I kind of had a similar idea when I was younger but this guy acted upon it because you know you see the people that have cherry trees like we had a cherry tree growing up people have plum trees and they just let the fruit rot and don't do anything about it well this guy um, saw all these citrus uh, trees like peaches oranges lemons nobody was harvesting them and he saw all these hungry people so he said hey i have an idea on how we can fix this let's take a listen i'm rick namias and my simple act of kindness was harvesting this orange which went on to feed hundreds of thousands of people i was a documentary photographer i focused on projects that profiled communities in need and communities on the margins i actually saw some deep problems in our own backyard here in california around the time of the recession in 2008 and 2009. As I walked around my neighborhood with my dog, I saw a great amount of fruit trees that were not being harvested. At the time, one of my closest friends was just two blocks away, and she had a tangerine tree and a navel orange tree, and she'd use a few of each, just because it was her and her daughter. And the idea hit me. I said, Heather, can I come over and harvest some of these oranges and get them to a food bank? I saw an opportunity to connect need with abundance. So I put an ad on Craigslist. I had about four replies. I had one person show up and we harvested for a couple of hours and harvested 85 pounds of tangerines that first day. We drove them over to Sova, which is out in Van Nuys, which is the first food bank we fed. And they never expected to see us again. Three or four weeks later, we had 50 people signed up to harvest fruit on this estate in Chatsworth. And that one day yielded 5,000 pounds of oranges that would have otherwise rotted because there was no one to take them. And this simple idea, as you already saw in this first clip, was it started to catch on like wildfire from 85 pounds to several thousand pounds and just keeps going and going and going and getting bigger from that. And let's take a listen to some of the stats that he has now. Not only does Food Forward engage kids and families and farms to help feed so many families in need, but help feed them nutritious food. We've had over 8,000 Volunteers come through Food Forward since we started. The first year, with a few hundred volunteers, we did 100,000 pounds. By the end of the second year, it was 250,000 pounds on top of it. We're now well over four million pounds. It may not seem like a, a lot of time, but in about an hour and a half, just one person picking lemons off a tree, you end up helping hundreds of families. 
be able to have something to bring to their table. Food Forward, believe it or not, is really just scratching the surface. We have three programs. The Backyard Harvest is where it all started. We have the Farmer's Market Program, which is just almost two years old. And this year, we just added the Wholesale Recovery Program. I know in my own life, little tiny moments do make change. And if we can impact even a handful of young folks that are coming up, they come up with a perspective of sharing abundance. And that is golden. Or four million pounds of food that would otherwise would just rot and not be used. Can you imagine that? What an idea. You know, and, and I want to say, because something we have on the show, we hear a lot of these stories where they take off, you know, mm -hmm. um, like this or helping such a mass amount of people. And that could be overwhelming for others. Like, how come I can't do that? Or what's wrong with me? And Musa, going back to your story of with your little girl and praying for one person, right. I think that's important, too. So. It, it doesn't matter how many people you reach, just reach that one person, you right. know? Do you guys know the story of the starfish, the boy and the starfish? Do you know this story? Oh, Where it's so like a um, old man's walking down a beach and he sees a little boy picking up starfish. This is after a storm, picking up starfish and chucking them back in the ocean. And the little boy just keeps doing it and doing it and doing it. And the man eventually comes up and says, boy, why are you chucking these starfish back in the ocean? It's like, well, I, I have to help out. And it's like, well, there's so many. There's so many starfish all over this beach. Well, it matters to this starfish. Mm. There's one. matters to this starfish. There's another one. There so even though you just impact one person, right. who knows where that one person exactly. is going to go on. And so that's important because, it, I mean, that's an awesome story. And it's great that it's reaching. But I want people who are listening to know that that one person you affect is is a ripple effect as well. Exactly. Like know? that one girl who said, you know, I'm just one person, but an hour and a half, which is a small fraction of time, I can pick so many pounds of food that can go out right. and help so many people. And having been, you know, a um, young married person and been struggling financially, my wife and I have taken food from a food bank before sure. and, have, uh, you know, been on other things. And some of the government help like food programs out there don't provide the healthiest of food and like you know you donate canned foods to your church food bank that's great and all but a lot of it isn't like fresh healthy food as dr joe has come on the show and told us all about you know, eating healthy a lot of these low-income food assistance programs aren't allowing these people to eat healthy mm -hmm. but through a program like this being able to pick fresh fruit and provide it to those food banks helps those people who might not be able to afford fresh fruit because sometimes it gets really expensive sure. to be able to eat healthy right a lot of times our healthy right. foods are pricey you yeah. know yeah and it's interesting you think about what scripture says and the, the teachings of jesus particularly luke 10 where you know he talks about you know the second greatest command, which is love your neighbor as yourself, right? Yes. And and he goes on. The example he gives isn't an example of feeding hundreds or thousands of people. It's of being a neighbor to one person who is hurt on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Just one. That's yes. it. And that's that's what it is to love your neighbor. And it's not this. You don't have to have this big program and all these things. Mm -hmm. But but help the one. Well, help the one on the side of the road. You know, Good Samaritan story. This started a really cool, crazy conversation between my wife and I. You know, we love reading stories to our children before bed, as most a lot of parents do. And we're reading the good old classic, The Little Engine That Could. Mm -hmm. right. We've read this story couple dozen times before but it hit my wife like a brick wall the other day hey this is the story of the good samaritan have you uh, ever thought about that the little engine that could because you have the engine who is big and important like oh i'm too important to be able to help you just like the rabbi and then there was the um 
the tired coal engine. Oh, I'm tired. Just like the Levi. Oh, I can't help you. And so it was just, you know, crazy. And it just, my wife and I started a good conversation about it. And so that we're, <laughs> we're starting to dissect every story that we have, like, you know, how is this really on a different level, which is really cool. Cause every time we read the little engine that could now we're talking about the good Samaritan, Samaritan. and then we, you know, try to slip a Bible verse in there. Cause if you, if you haven't read the little engine that could, it, <laughs> it ends up with a small engine who nobody expects really to do anything and help out says, okay, I'll try just like in the good Samaritan story of the Samaritan who stops, who is mortal enemies with this guy who's beaten right. on the side of the road saying, right. Hey, I will help you. Something that's unexpected, something that you wouldn't see in normal day to day life, be able to help out the people who need it. And that was just a really cool connection to see, mm-hmm. Hey, you need help. Like what I always say, if you're familiar with the movie robots, it's um, the line that came from that, which has greatly impacted my life. See a need, fill a need. Yeah. So it came from that silly little movie. And so that's what I see, you know, in stories like this, you see a need, you fill a need. And are any of your kids gamers, video game people? Uh, Let me think. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I have a story about a little girl who has cerebral palsy who wanted to be a great gamer who loves watching video games, but due to her condition, she can't really play. Okay. So there's these people who said, hey, we can help out. And they made her a um, console where she can play video games along with the other kids. So let's take a listen. I'm Kerry. I'm Jada's mom. Um, Jada is almost nine has always wanted to play computer games, but never been able to. Jada's um, got cerebral palsy and finds fine motor skills very difficult, so the hand controls are extremely difficult. She's now got switches, um, a large switch for the main jumping and shooting, and um, and then the smaller switches and joysticks, which is good for her fine motor skill, because she has to use a joystick. Once Jada got the equipment, that was her, off, and her words were, I'm now a gamer, and she's been playing it and having a time of her life. <laughs> also, it's something she can play with her friends and not be excluded. She's now in the mainstream, playing games with mainstream children. She's now like her friends, or her and her dad will sit and play football. It's just having fun. And it's lovely to watch, absolutely lovely to watch. When I was working for Inner City Youth, one of the things that was a big uh, push that they put on the people that were in my position was inclusion. Try mm-hmm. to find a way to include everybody. And you know, when you play video games, it's like this little handheld thing that just fits in the palm of your hand. But the way this um, console is built for this girl, it's like a tray that fits on her wheelchair. Yeah, the buttons are bigger. Yes, she has the joystick, but she can still play along. Right. Being able to play with her friends is just like, you know, as silly as a video game can be, seeing this story and seeing the smile on this girl's face, I'm like, yeah, right on. Kind of like brought a tear to my eyes. Like this girl now feels that much more normal as opposed to there's my friends. I'm just going to sit and watch. That was me because I couldn't play the video games even with all the buttons. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm good with, you know, regular Nintendo where you have the joystick and the two buttons. Once the buttons get into the double digits, that's where I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good point because we all have differences, yes. you know, and we all have um, things that we're not that great at, right, or that we struggle in. So it is nice, too, when you have someone who already feels kind of left out how to include them, yes. you know, and so she could actually be a part of something pretty big. That's that's huge. And to be able to, you know, play with her dad just that, sure. you know, heightens their level on another um, – 
or their relationship on another level. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I'm always trying to see, you know, having, you know, being a dad of a three-year-old, how can I connect with their build relationships? She loves going on dates with me. And like I say, the the first date we went on was uh, CYT, Christian Youth Theater, who's some friends of ours, took her to see Shrek. And she was so excited. (laughs) We went to lunch first, and then she kind of forgot that she was on our date. I'm like, hey, lunch is done. Let's go to our date. Okay, so we cross the parking lot. She opens the door, runs into this empty lobby, and just yells, date! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> she's just so excited tomorrow my nephew who's at 13 he has a band concert so we're going on a date tomorrow and Very i just cool. got off the phone with my wife and she's telling everybody at preschool that she's going on a date oh, tomorrow cute oh that's so it's awesome. just you know i love um connecting with my daughter and it's cool to see that this dad can now connect with his daughter on a different level when we come back on therapy tuesday we're going to um talk about a really hot topic issue that might involve a colored cup and also <laughs> <laughs> And also, uh, I think Aretha Franklin's going to join us, too. Love lives here on 810 KLVZ. Loving through worship music and inspirational talk. Your next shopping trip could change the lives of some very special people right here in Colorado. When you shop at ARC Thrift Stores, you'll not only save money, but you'll also give back to our community by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, just like these ARC ambassadors. A lot of people, they have misconceptions about people with disabilities. A lot of them think that we can't do things that other people can do, and that's just not true. We can do what other people can do. It may take us a little bit more time to do it, but we can. We're just like any other human being. We have feelings and we have emotions, and if given the chance, we can shop. And I think that ARC has done a very good job at showing that. I like it there, and it helps me out to learn about reading off the labels and stuff. I like helping out different people, a lot of different people I help out. Find the ARC store near you at arcthrift.org. It's nonprofit, and it's a great company to work for and a great place to shop. And remember, every Saturday, you get 50% off most items in the store. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. And News at gmail.com. Again, it's News at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news. Hey, it's Angie. Do you have dreams and goals that you really want to reach and you don't know how to reach them? You feel lost, like you don't have a roadmap to your dreams? Do you need like a big jolt of coffee? Well, that's Carrie Conley. She has a big event coming up and every year I go and it helps me reach my goals. Hi, Carrie. Hi, how you doing? Yes, very, very excited about the event. It's called Vision is Victory. It's the third annual. It's in January uh, 2016, the 14th through the 16th in Scottsdale, Arizona. It'll be beautiful. And I'll be there. You'll be there. Tickets are very reasonable right now. Great excuse to get away from Colorado in the cold winter months. And you really teach us um, every single step we have to take to take what we want in life and actually put it into actionable steps and reach our goals. That's right. I want people walking out knowing exactly what to do and how to get there. And in three days, we learn that. You do. I did. And meet some really awesome people and have a lot of fun. It is a blast. And I learn so much every year that I go. All right, Carrie Conley, how do we reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. 
Hi, it's Angie Austin with the good news. Did you know the Denver Rescue Mission needs you and your help, and they need turkeys, your turkeys. They need 15,000 turkeys to help those who are hungry and in need. They should be frozen 12 pounds or larger. You can bring the turkeys to the Lawrence Street Shelter between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. or donate online. You can donate the amount of that turkey online so the mission can buy their own. And I have to tell you, I have been there on several Thanksgivings, I believe about four years in a row. I cannot tell you how much people appreciate these meals. Almost every single person that comes through the line looks me in the eye and thanks me, even though I'm just serving them. You know, and they are so grateful to have this beautiful meal. And believe me, it is a beautiful meal. Absolutely delicious and very much appreciated by the people who maybe don't have a place to go for Thanksgiving. So again, the Denver Rescue Mission needs 15,000 turkeys. Go to denverrescuemission.org slash turkey for more info. Music of inspirations, encouragement, and meditation is found here on 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. It's Tuesday Therapy Tuesday. Angie is out today. She had an appointment leaving me in the driver's seat to seek the wisdom and therapy analysis of therapist Lisa and Pastor John Byrne. So welcome back, guys. And we had a great first segment talking about, you know, prayer and uh, giving back to the needy and, uh, you know, connecting with our daughters and and including everybody that we can. But uh, one of the hot topic issues that, you know, has been on my mind lately has been, um, well, let's, let's take a listen. I told you that we're going to have a special guest. So here she is. That's right, Aretha Franklin, sing it, girl. <laughs> Little respect going on. I feel like, you know, last week there was all those videos of, um, you know, student after student after student attacking administrators and teachers and all sorts of things. It seems like respect has just left the building. And, you know, I just, I think about when I was in school, I never would have thought, hey, my teacher ticked me off, so therefore I'm going to take a swing at them. Mm-hmm. Never would I have thought that. And, you know, just thinking about, me being in school when I was in um, second grade, I always remember this, that I had this substitute teacher and for whatever reason, the class was just horribly naughty that day. And, you know, I, of course, trying to be the good kid, wouldn't attribute to any of the, you know, yelling or screaming. I just sit there, do my work, move on, because that's what I was, you know, told to do. But then we would get in trouble the next day because the teacher would then Mm -hmm. read the bad report Mm -hmm. and everybody would then get in trouble. And I then like after this happened a couple times and I then approached my teacher and I said, I didn't participate in this. And then I was told, well, you did nothing to stop it. Mm. And so I'm like, okay. Then the next time the substitute comes in, I try to get kids to calm down and like, hey, we're supposed to, you know, focus and do this is what we're told to do. My name was on the report for causing the trouble because I was being <laughs> loud, trying to get people to respect. Uh, just, oh, I know I had, win. Yes. And I had like this huge disdain for this particular mm-hmm. substitute teacher. Just did not like her whatsoever. So every time I saw her name on the board as being the substitute, I'm like, Ugh. one time I actually like like decided to be sick and I went home because I could not stand the scene. But then my, the the kicker is, you know, the little bunny trail. My dad, um, when I was starting high school, he wanted me to uh, do a, like a study skills class for like two weeks of the community college. And so I'm looking, I'm like, okay. And I see this name as the professor that looks kind of familiar. I'm like, no, it can't be. It can't. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) This is like, you know, five years later, but it's like, 
she doesn't recognize who I am, but I know exactly who she yeah. is, and she is that substitute I that mean, I just did not like, and I'm sitting there in two weeks going, uh, is it over yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man. you were still respectful. Right, that's right. Yes, You yes, weren't respectful. taking out your cell phone and videotaping stuff. I think that's where, you know, when we talked about it, I believe, last week with um, Angie, you know, I think teachers and the administration are so worried about lawsuits yeah. these days yes. and with the video cameras that almost their hands are tied. Yeah. So it allows those kids to run amok, you know, and um, it is really scary times. Ironically, I was talking to a teacher, a substitute teacher today, and she said she would never substitute middle school. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so poor middle school ages. I wouldn't teach there either. Yeah. But um you know, it's just because of that, like they, it's not, you could be present in the classroom and they'll just disregard you. Yeah, they don't yeah. care if you're talking, they don't, you know, they're going to do their own things and, and how do you rein them in? And, and then it, I guess it gets to a bigger picture. Where is it starting from? You know? Right, right exactly. So this school stuff aside, as parents, how do you first um, instill like teaching your kids respect? Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of things, you know, and, and I'll kind of bring it back to school a little bit, but I'll circle back around is I was one of the kids. I, I never did anything physically in school, but when I was younger, I was certainly on the verge a number of times. I would yell and scream at teachers and I was not, you know, but my home life was kind of a wreck. Mm. And so there was, but I went to a private school and there, the difference that you kind of brought up was the whole idea. They were able to discipline me in a way that probably wouldn't have been able to mm -hmm. happen in a public school and I needed it mm -hmm. and it helped a lot. And so when it comes to my own kids and teaching them respect now, discipline's really important. And we don't have, um, I guess maybe compared to some parents, we're strict, but we're, we're actually very uh, we, we extend a lot of grace to our kids as well. And there is a sense in which they need to understand the, uh, the concept of obedience. Yes. Even in scripture, you know, love, lo God's love language is obedience, believe it or not. And, and you know, First John, it says that. In John 15, it says that. And so there's the idea of obedience is super important. And there's a thing you said a couple weeks ago, obey first, question second. Yes, obey first, questions later. That That's kind of our, our house rule. And, and that it's really simple rule, but it's when we tell, when I tell my son, Joe, Hey, you know, pick your toys up. If he starts to ask questions, then he gets in trouble. But if he picks his toys up and then he comes back and says, and says, dad, why did I have to do that right now? I was going to do these other things. That's okay. And sometimes I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but it, the lesson's more important than the moment most of the time. Right. Yes. And yeah, so as a therapist, I do a little different. Yeah. I, 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 that's okay because it's working for your household. Yeah, you know is. what I mean. So far, um, so that so that's great. I I instill everyone should have a say, but they might not always get their way, and right. so it's more. But it's it's kind of the same thing. It's just more that they still get to communicate and talk to you and stuff. But then they also have to understand like no means no, not oh come on please 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 right. you know kind of thing. That's a different thing. But, you know, Moose, you were saying, where does, you know, when do we teach or how do we teach kids respect? You're doing that with your date night, believe Absolutely. it or not. Yeah. You know, you're teaching her about father-daughter relationship, male-female relationship, what's appropriate, what's not, healthy boundaries, you know. So it really starts from day one, like what is respect? And it's also as parents respecting ourselves so that our kids can learn how to respect themselves as right. well. I think um, this word respect is something that we're trying to uh, instill in my daughter because, you know, my wife is home all the time with the, the children. But when I come home, being that I don't have that same relationship, I'm not there all the time. Mm 
my daughter sometimes feels the right to not do what daddy says yeah. and not, you know, give me the respect of the same thing that mom would say. Cause I would say one thing to my daughter, she'd ignore me or say no. And then my wife would say the exact same thing and my daughter would comply. Uh, yeah. And that kind of, you know, how do I ring, wrangle that in? Well, one of the things that we're trying to work on now is we tell kids, especially little kids, we use adult words yeah. and sometimes they just don't understand it. One of the things like a huge breakthrough we had with Sayla was patient like because you know she's three she wants everything now 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 but we say you know be patient be patient but she's not getting it right so then we said okay what can we do to like what does she not understand and so when we tell her to wait she gets angry because she doesn't mm. want to wait so right. we say say like hey patience means happy waiting mm. and you know um being that she's Good. behind on our speech she knows a lot of sign language mm -hmm. so you know putting your fingers up and twiddling them back and forth that's a sign language for waiting mm -hmm. okay. and so i ask sayla like if she's not being patient I say sayla what does patience mean and she says wait happy and she yeah. sits there and twiddles her fingers and smiles oh great so, thanks baby but you know sometimes that patience doesn't last sure. very long so she needs her reminder so now we're trying to break apart what does respect mean and we start off with this song of RESPCC, so it's a <laughs> fun thing. So now we're trying to break down respect. And so when I say, hey, you need to respect daddy, we do a little dance mm -hmm. and then she follows through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so just trying to give it a different feel for what she needs to do. That's really, that's really creative, Moose. I, you know, and, and there's another thing that we do that might, you can maybe even tie into that, something like that. We, we'll do, we'll rewind. Mm -hmm. So, so if, if, if a kid is disrespectful, we'll just say, let's rewind. Why don't you try that again? And, uh, and usually they, usually they know what the mistake and you know maybe not when they're real little right but, right but as they go get older they know oh i i, I know what the mistake i made was and yeah. and you rewind come in the room again and try that again i am doing that a little bit with Great. please because she'll like say i want water great can you say please please put it all together i want water nope try again <laughs> yeah and eventually she'll Thanks. get it Daddy, may I please have some water? There you go, of mm. course. But, you know, sometimes she has an annoying CD. You know, every kid has that annoying kid <laughs> CD. And that's the only time that she uses please the first time. She's like, yeah, my she songs, please. <laughs> right. Oh, no. But, you know, about respect and this, there's a big thing that's blowing up, I think, a lot bigger than it needs to is this whole respect for Christmas. And, uh, you know, mm. there's this whole thing with Starbucks. So let's take a quick listen to, uh, you know, intro this whole thing. Hey guys, what's up? Josh Fairstein here. You know, I think in the age of political correctness, we become so open-minded, our brains have literally fallen out of our head. Do you realize that Starbucks wanted to take Christ and Christmas off of their brand new cups? That's why they're just plain red. In fact, do you realize that Starbucks isn't allowed to say Merry Christmas to customers? Well, I decided instead of simply boycotting, well, why don't we just start a movement? So when I went in and I asked for my coffee, they asked for my name, and I told them my name is Merry Christmas. So guess what? Starbucks... I tricked you into putting Merry Christmas on your cup. And I'm challenging all great Americans and Christians around this great nation, go into Starbucks and take your own coffee selfie. And then I challenge you to not only share this video so that the word gets out, but let's start a movement. And let's call it, I don't know, hashtag Merry Christmas Starbucks. And I know that by sharing this video and getting other Christians to do it, well, I guarantee that we can make this go around the world. And Starbucks, guess what? Just to offend you, I made sure to wear my Jesus Christ shirt into your store. And since you hate the Second Amendment, I even carried my gun. Yikes. <laughs>
god. So there's so much, so <laughs> oh, much no. going on there. But you know, <laughs> yeah, having is. been a former Starbucks employee, yeah. um, this whole not allowed to say Christmas thing is bunk. I mean, yeah. if this were something to uh, rile up, it should have been happening 15 years ago right. when Starbucks first came out with their Christmas blend coffee. They still have it's their mm. most popular product yeah. called Christmas blend coffee. But then a couple years after, when some people made a little stink about it, the exact same type of coffee in a bag that says holiday blend. Mm. It's the exact same thing, just one says Christmas, one says holiday. If you were going to make a stink about it, should have done it when that bag of coffee came mm. out several, several right. years ago. Right. But it's, it's. I was just going to say, you know, this is going back way, way back. My kids now, you can't say it's Halloween. It's the Harvest Festival, yes. you know, and and um, Thanksgiving. I don't even know what that is, but <laughs> it, it's really Christmas is a national holiday. You right. know, I don't understand what the big deal is, you know, whether you follow that religion or not. You know, if are we that insensitive that we can't? Well, it's just a know? design of cup each year. They come out with something different i saw the cups and i didn't think oh they got rid of christmas I thought, oh that's a cool bold design i wonder what the decor is going to look like because you know each year they just go all right, out and right. do a big thing about it and um it's just crazy how people can just launch into this whole thing about right. starbucks and you know boycotting starbucks but still going to buy their product still give starbucks yeah. money right <laughs> i'll admit i'm not gonna boycott i like i like my eggnog latte right. but <laughs> it and and starbucks is not going to ruin it for me the christmas holiday Agreed, yeah. or whatever you my, know? my holiday is not built around it's a hot not, beverage it, no it's not but i i just think starbucks is a little thing on what's happening in our society that yeah. we're so concerned about offending people <laughs> right you yeah. know that will stop with whatever you but know a, bo a boycott you know means like stop yeah. using their product but hey let's boycott and right. use this merry christmas thing and yeah. st still give them your five dollars it's just totally bizarre yeah. and as we're wrapping up therapy tuesday i just want to say thank you guys for coming in we're going to change gears a little bit and have our friend carrie conley join us awesome and carrie conley's on the line hi carrie hey moose how you doing doing all right how is the weather down in arizona well it's you know kind of wintry here today actually it's like you know in the high 60s and cloudy so that's you know not normal for us right well we plan on getting some snow tomorrow so uh you know we'll have a little uh, bit of taste of happy. christmas before you i guess but yeah but, i'm coming in thursday and i'm not happy about that little uh, <laughs> forecast but well you know it, right. it'll be gone by you know brunch tomorrow so yeah <laughs> All right, so we're talking about uh, the five big decisions that are important, and uh, you have the right decisions to make for your time and money as the holidays are fast approaching. Yeah, you know, um, my whole thing is vision. This is, you know, I get I um, help people get really crystal clear on creating a vision for their life and their business because it fixes a lot of things. Yes. And one of the things, one of the five biggies I, I tell people is that it helps you a lot with making the right decisions with where to spend your time and money and who to spend it with. And That's a big thing of who to spend it with. Yeah, it is, and it's the hardest one of all. But, um, you know, we're heading into the holiday season. It's right around the corner. And it becomes particularly hard to make those decisions with time, money, and the people you spend it with. So, um, you know, when you have that vision of where you're going, and let's, let's use time. You know, right now we're going to get told in three million different directions of where to be and what to do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so it's going to be really important to keep gauging it against your vision of where you're going to make the right decisions because so many of those things can be really fun and you want to do them, 
but we have to really gauge our energy and look at it. Is this the best thing for me to do with where I want to go? Not just for the end of the year, but for next year. Right. Finish right? the year so, strong so you can be strong in the next year. I get that. Yep. And then money is also the biggie. You know, most of us kind of head into what we kind of consider a gray area with money spending right now. We figure, you know, it's the holidays and we deserve it and we're just going to splurge a little bit and we'll deal with it later. And come January when your credit card bills come and you're going, oh, my gosh, why did we do that? I heard uh, today that the average family of four spends $603 just on Christmas presents. That's a low number. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> expecting it to be much higher, but, you know. Well, be aware because it adds up quickly. It does. And so, you know, in the moment, again, it looks like fun. It looks like something we should be doing because we want the holidays to be nice and we want to buy nice gifts. But is this really the vision of how you want to start your year with a credit card bill? I don't think so. Right. Most people, I think, have a goal right now that they would like to see themselves a lot less in debt and investing a lot more in their future. Oh, of course. Right. And then the third thing is who to spend your time with, which also becomes really challenging during the holidays because sometimes the people that we have the biggest um, challenge to really uh, grow personally is, is around our friends and family, and, and I get that. Because um, you, you always know, say, who's sitting in your front row? Exactly, who's sitting in the front row. And, you know, I learned a long time ago from a mentor of mine, Moose, that you can be in a room with of people that, you know, you need to be with because let's use the example of family because they are family at the holidays and you need to respect that. Right. But you can learn how to let people talk into you and then you can learn how to let people talk to you. And there yes. is a difference, right? So put the boundaries up. Be aware, you know, that you really, if you want to start the year off hanging with the people who are going to see your greatness and take you to your greatness, that maybe you, you know, again, look at your vision and say, okay, do I really want to go to that party or that event because I'm going in a whole different direction for my life right now? And one of the things that my wife and I wanted to be proactive in that this year is because last year we just kind of had this whole big vision of what we wanted to do for Christmas, but then really didn't do anything about it. So this year we're doing a 25 days of Christmas where we're making a, each day is going to have an activity and it's pretty much all planned out, but just being more intentional with our time and how we go about celebrating this season with m making sure we include the people that we want to include and making sure that there's time and activities for everybody. I think that is an awesome idea because it, ser it, it serves a lot of things, right? It, it spreads out your time, so it's not all one big thing. Exactly. And you are choosing who to include in that. Probably going to be a lot less expensive because you said you're wrapping it around activities and not gifts. Right. Right? So, Making memories. Love it. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. And Carrie, you have an awesome uh, big conference coming up. Speaking of kicking off the year, great. What's that conference coming up in January? Yes, you know, I do a big thing. This will be my third annual Vision is Victory, the event. Um, it is a two-day event where I bring people into the room to get their vision clear for the year. And you can find it at InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thank you so much, Carrie, you know, helping you kick your year off great. And thank you for joining us today on Therapy Tuesday. I am Producer Moose, and thanks for listening to the good news. We'll be right back. You heard it in church, now you have it here on 810 KLVZ. And yes, it's alright to sing along. Hope starts with a meal at Denver Rescue Mission. Each year, the mission provides hundreds of thousands of meals to the hungry and homeless in our community. And each year, the number of hungry increases. 
You can help this Thanksgiving season by giving at denverrescuemission.org. By giving to the mission, you guarantee that someone in need gets a Thanksgiving meal this year given to them through the Denver Rescue Mission. Just $1.92 is all it takes to provide a warm and hearty meal for one hungry man, woman, or child. You would be surprised by how little it takes to make an impact. Such a small amount can restore hope and begin to change lives. You can also donate a turkey to the mission, ensuring that a family will have one for Thanksgiving. Ready to help the cause? Donate online at denverrescuemission.org. Change happens here. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Worship through wonderful music, impactful sermons, and inspirational talk programs. Where Love Lives, 810 KLVZ. Welcome back to the good news. Well, veterans, they deserve our respect and support, and Veterans Day is a great reminder for all of us to thank vets for their service. Our guest today is Terry Gleason, Acting Deputy Chief Research and Development Officer with the Department of Veterans Affairs, Office of Research and Development. Good afternoon to you, Terry. Hello. Thank you for having me. All right. What what I found fascinating in doing several interviews uh, with the VA is that not only are are you guys there to support all of these veterans, but you do a ton of research that benefits the vets and the rest of us because you do a lot of medical research as well. Absolutely. We're happy to say that this is our 90th year of VA research, and we have a long list of accomplishments um, that have come out of our scientific program um, managed and uh, run by VA scientists with veteran participants. 
Well, what better way to honor the vets than to find cures for some of these things? And I, I understand there's some discoveries through your research on Alzheimer's disease that are uh, rather exciting to talk about. Yes, November is National Alzheimer's Disease Awareness Month, and so we were using the opportunity um, to highlight and raise awareness about the disease and about the research that VA is conducting. Um, We're working on drug therapies for prevention and treatment of Alzheimer's, and we're looking at understanding the underlying causes better so that we can improve detection and um, potentially prevention. Now, in terms of Alzheimer's disease um, and its link to military service, I'm sure there's not a direct link, but what are you finding in your research? Right. So I think there's some evidence that some circumstances in military service um, are highly associated with greater risk of Alzheimer's dementia in later life. Really? For example, having been a prisoner of war, Um, that conveys a a greater risk than other conditions. But um, conditions such as traumatic brain injury, also known as um, being concussed in military service, could um, have a potential cumulative effect that we're also tracking now in our our research and epidemiology programs. That's fascinating. All right, so what other types of research does the VA do? Well, the VA will support research and research studies on any condition or disease affecting veterans. Our mission is to improve health care and treatment for veterans and any disorder, as I mentioned, so that we have a rich program of studies um, extending from cardiovascular disease to diabetes to uh, mental health and dietary and exercise interventions really across the globe in trying to improve veterans' health care. Now, in terms of tools and resources available for service members, you know, with Veterans Day uh, Day approaching, um, anything that you've been uh, developing through the VA that, uh, you know, offers them these tools that may help them in their, um, you know, post-military service life? Right. So I think the best approach is to use our website. Um, There's a host of information there, including ongoing trials, but also information about new research discoveries. Uh, So that is www.research.va.gov, and I would encourage folks to visit that. You know, and I encourage my kids to Terry to, you know, just at a restaurant the other night, my daughter's eight and she's kind of shy. And she said, there's, um, there's a, a man who goes to war. And I turned around and, you know, she's young and uh, he had his uh, uniform on and she said, can I thank him for fighting for us? And so I said, yeah. And so uh-huh. she didn't say, I thank you for your service. She said, I thank you for fighting for our country. It was really sweet. And you could tell it touched his heart. So I encourage everyone, especially with Veterans Day approaching to, you know, thank uh, the vets for their service and let them know that we appreciate them. I, I've never seen anyone react with anything other than a smile and um, and pride when they've been thanked. And, and thank you for that story. That's very touching. Thanks, Terry. Thanks for joining us. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.